Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am here to break down a giant, ginormous 12-gamer. Again, these other, one, of the, one more of these giant ones. But you know what? Um, there's a couple of matchups here that I am keyed in on that I do think I have a good read on the situation and a good uh, hmm, understanding, I guess, of what's going to happen in the rotation Especially with some key guys out. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. That's kind of a first look. Kind of top of shelf. What's the first thing you should absolutely look at when you boot up the slate? And what's the first thing you should be thinking about? That's what this is. It's a primer. Obviously things will change if you guys don't already have it. The DFS pass is $5 a month. And you can ask me any questions in Discord as we get up there. I also deliver a DFS delivery closer to lock. Uh, my team does, I should say. Uh, I do it most week days of the week, but a couple days, uh, some other guys do it, and uh, we give you guys, you know, the locks of the day uh, for DFS closer to the lineup lock time, which is very helpful. And we use the tools that Andre has, uh, you know, developed for us over here at Sportitos to get that done, and we're developing those tools even further to help us with this DFS journey of ours. Uh, pretty, pretty decent night in DFS tonight for me. Um, you know, not great. I didn't like hit a, a zillion dollars uh, one day. That will happen. But until then, I trudge forth and, and keep myself in the game with a few nice little wins there. But anyways, let's move on to this slate, which you guys want to actually talk about. And I apologize. I did did neglect to put out the pod yesterday. Um, I was just exhausted. It was 1.30 by the time I got done with everything I had to get done. And I uh, knew I had some stuff going on today, so, you know, I actually just passed on it. So I apologize about that, guys. Sometimes you do need a little break. But we are back in the, in the saddle and ready to go. Let's talk about this slate here. Uh, and like I said, it's a doozy. I mean, there's, um, you know, quite a few different things that are going on here that we need to um, be cognizant of. Um, first game on the slate here, uh, Spurs, Indiana. Uh, yeah, I've got some interest in this game, for sure. Um, so let's talk Spurs, Indiana. Um, we've got a 7.5-point spread in favor of the Pacers right now. Seems fair enough. Uh, I know the Spurs have been playing good basketball, but the Pacers have also been playing really good basketball, and I do think that they are the better team. I think there's no question about that. Uh, 2.38 is the game total. Uh, the main thing here, though, is that the Spurs are going to be missing Devin Vassell, most likely. He is technically questionable, I think, for the slate. Um, but what, from what Popovich said after he injured his groin, um, saying that he'd probably be out, be out for a while, I just kind of seriously doubt that he's going to be back here, um, on game two, uh, you know, after the injury. Um, he is considered day-to-day, so we do have to keep our eye on it. I'm going to operate in this pod as if he is out and tell you some, uh, key insights there in case he's out, which we just got. Uh, from a game without Vassal tonight. But uh, Victor Vanyama is a little bit priced up there at 8500 I'm not going there because there's other guys in that price range on this giant slate that I think are uh, safer and, and probably have higher upside as well. Um, I don't trust Victor Wembanyama here, especially up against a defensive guy like uh, Miles Turner. Uh, Keldon Johnson, not super into him either. But there are a couple of Spurs that I am looking at. And... You know, you got to go a little further down. Jeremy Sohan and Trey Jones are the two guys that have benefited the most directly from Devin Vassell being out. And then you've also got Malachi Branham, who had a really good shooting night tonight. I think he shot 8 of 9 from the field, if I remember correctly. Um, That's not going to happen every game. 
Uh, and without that eight of nine, let's say he shoots a normal, I don't know, three of nine for him. Uh, maybe we'll say four of nine. We'll say four of nine. Okay. He shoots a normal four of nine. They're all two pointers. He gets eight points instead of 16. He ends up with uh, minus eight. So that'd be 18 DK points if he would have shot a normal percentage from the field. Um, so I am not necessarily buying the 26 DK points that he put up the night before. He also got grabbed six boards from the guard position, which I just don't know if that's going to necessarily happen either, um, against the Indiana Pacers. And they have some decent rebounders on their team, uh, on the bench, especially like Keaton Smith. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go with Malachi Branham. I'm just going to go ahead and rule him out of my player pool. It's a 12 game slate. We can kind of just do that a little bit more freely than we can on say a four game or a five game or a three game slate. Um, but yeah, I don't think I need to go there. Sohan and, and Trey Jones are hovering around in my player pool. I'm not going to go there either though, because I'm going a little further down on the depth chart here. And I'm actually going to a guy that really stood out to me in terms of how many minutes he got and his offensive production, or his, I should say, I should say the minutes he got, and then in the past, the offensive production he's put up. And that's Jetty Osmond at 4,200. He's one of our favorite uh, guys when he was with Cleveland uh, that kind of stepped into a larger role. And um, he, he's kind of a hit or miss, you know, dud or, 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 or stud type of play. Um, Boomer bust. He's just not um, not super consistent. He did put 16 DK points up tonight in 26 minutes, which is what I'm looking at here. But what sticks out to me is those 26 minutes. I mean, that's by far uh, the most, well, by three, I should say, the most minutes he's seen on the season. Uh, he had 22 minutes in the game before that, so it's not like he had a diminished role to begin with, but uh, a little bump there. He got a few extra minutes. And what, you, what we're looking at is, you know, who's going to pick up that scoring low without Devin Vassell out there for the Spurs. Uh, and I do think it's been some combination of those guys, Jetty Osmond, Trey Jones, Jimmy Sohan, Malachi Branham. Doug McDermott at 3,400, also a guy you can look at in super deep, uh, super big uh, GPPs because he is a guy that's priced down, 3,400. He's probably going to give you about 20 DK points. I don't think there's a massive upside there, though. So not my favorite play in the world. Uh, on the Indiana side, uh, yeah, I love me some Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, I know it feels a little bit like we're chasing here. Just had a giant game. Had 43 real-life points and 69.5 DK points in 37 minutes against the Charlotte Hornets. But it's another uh, kind of cakewalk of a matchup here, especially with the Spurs down Vassal. Uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's going to go up against, uh, well, Jeremy Sohan's a good defender, but he's going to go up against uh, Trey Jones. He's going to have minutes going up against Malachi Branham. And he is going to cook those guys. No doubt about it in my mind. I think he's going to have a pretty good game here. I think he's got a very safe floor. I think compared to the price of everyone else on the slate, uh, when you're talking about a guy that can go off for, you know, 50 to 60 DK points, we just saw him go off for nearly 70. Um, you know, he's about 1,000 less than the, all those guys. You've got, you know, Jason Tatum, uh, Steph Curry. Those guys are all $1,000 more than him, and they shouldn't be. Well, I mean, not that they shouldn't be. It's a fair pricing. It's It's unfair pricing. Uh, in terms of, you know, Halliburton's just a steal there because he does have that same upside and a similar floor. Um, but yeah, I do love me some some uh, Tyrese Halliburton here. Not necessarily going to go to Miles Turner, 6,900. Not super into that. Um, and I really think you can probably fade the rest of these Pacers. 
Jalen Smith is a guy that stuck out to me recently as a guy that's just putting in Buku stats in his um, limited minutes. 21 minutes in the last one, 24.25 DK points, which is really nice, obviously. But um, but I don't think you can trust that production. Absolutely not. And it's just not quite the uh, ceiling cup type of guy that we're looking for anyways when we're going that kind of dumpster diving that deep. So there's other guys definitely around that range I would rather have. And Jetty Osmond's one of them, 4,200. So, moving on. Um, sorry, I cut off there a little bit, so I apologize if that uh, seemed a little strange for you guys. I'm just making sure now that we are good to go and we're recording. It looks like we are. So, cool. Sorry about that. Anyways, let's continue. <laughs> um, Washington, Philly. Uh, yeah, no, not not going to go there. You know, obviously, Philadelphia should be heavy favorites there. I see no reason why they can't just absolutely stomp all over the Washington Wizards. 11.5 looks like the spread there. Uh, let's just go ahead and fade that game. Take it out. 12 games in the slate. You don't got to go there. Um, I mean, no. I'm not even going to get into it. Don't go there. Um, Dallas and Orlando definitely, definitely sticks out to me as a game that we want to take a look at here early on. Uh, let me see if I can find that spread for you. People there, 1.5 points. And the Magic are favorites. Yeah, 1.5 point favorites. Uh, mostly being because they are home and because the Mavericks uh, just played a game, a close game, and it's a back-to-back for them. So uh, Magic not in a back-to-back. Mavericks are. 224.5 is the game total. And, I mean, you know, there's not so much to say about the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you guys know what happens there. Luka Doncic gets all the usage. Kyrie Irving is allowed to go off every once in a while. Uh, one guy that uh, sticks out to me here is Derek Lively at 5,600. I'm not going to go there. I don't. I think there's other guys in that price range for sure that I'd rather have in my lineups. Um, there's like a, probably at least half a dozen guys I'd rather have. So not going to go Derek Lively, but I do think he's an intriguing guy. That's really it for the for the Mavericks, but it's really the Orlando side that, that draws me to this game. And obviously, they're down Gary Harris, they're down Wendell Carter Jr. So they end possibly Markel Fultz. I'm going to outraise if Markel Fultz is in, just because I don't necessarily really even want to roster Cole Anthony or Anthony Black. If we get news that Markel Fultz is out, I'll probably have to begrudgingly re-enter Anthony Black into my player pool, because he did put up a Decent stat line in the last one, 22 DK points at 4,100 salary. Now he's 4,300 salary. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a low stat line there, but I think this kid's got the pop, that you know, the statistical pop. I mean, in real life, I've got my question marks about him. But for fantasy purposes and DFS purposes, I do think, you know, across the board production's on the table here. And he just needs a little bit of confidence. So, um, so I'd have to add him into my player pool. Probably won't end up in with him in any lineups, but anyways, I'm gonna operate as if Markel Fultz is in. But obviously, no Wendell Carter Jr. here. Uh, and the two guys that we saw, uh, and it's gonna be no surprise, to you guys, but Gogo Patadze started, had a giant game. Uh, anytime we've seen him in the past have minutes, he's put up really big numbers. So, uh, doesn't surprise me to see the stat line. It did surprise me to see him starting. I was slow to adjust, I did not swap out Mo Wagner. For him, I was confident Mo Wagner would still get the minutes. What we've seen with Goga in the past is he does get into foul trouble from time to time. Um, 
And sometimes he just doesn't play good basketball and he ends up finding an early seat. So that didn't happen here. Um, he played a good game in the last one. Uh, he's going to play the Dallas Mavericks here, who I'm not worried about really getting him into foul trouble either. I mean, Luka could get anybody on the floor into foul trouble. But I really think Goga's figured it out and he's going to stay on the floor. Uh, so I do have Goga Patadze into my lineup here. I do also think as a tournament pivot, you can absolutely and should consider Mo Wagner, who also had a very decent stat line in the last one. He had 27.5 DK points in uh, just 19 minutes. But the thing is, he only saw those 19 minutes. And that's what really, really concerns me. But the funny thing is, both of these guys, when they get inserted to the lineup, they will produce for that center position. They just haven't been getting a lot out of it in the past. So it, it kind of intrigues me. Um, you know, if they take out Wendell Carter Jr. and put in Mo Wagner or uh, Goga Paradze, who's a little bit more of a, I would consider them more like skilled centers, ability to pass a little bit better, score a little bit better. It seems like they, um, it might be a good thing for them because you get production out of that, out of that spot. So anyways, that's beyond this, the, the, the scope of this podcast. This is just DFS. So yeah, I think those guys, Goga Paradze and uh, Mo Wagner are certainly in your player pool. Jalen Suggs, also a guy you'd look at if Marco Fultz is, is ruled out, by the way, at 5,100. An easy guy to overlook, so he's going to go lowly owned, probably. But yeah, that's those are the guys I'm looking at on the Orlando side early on in this slate. Um, Golden State Warriors in Denver. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Because what we're going to look at here is we're going to look at Clay Thompson, who was questionable going into Sunday with a uh, adductor issue. Um, but really, it's just rest because they're on a back-to-back. This is the second half of a back-to-back. So I'm going to just kind of break this down as if Clay Thompson is sitting. Obviously, keep on top of that news because he may not. He may play. If he does play, then this is all irrelevant. But let's just assume that he does everything. He does the same thing he's done the last, what, two, three years because of the knee surgeries, and he sits this back-to-back. Uh, against the Detroit Pistons, where they don't really need him. <laughs> Chris Paul at 6,900 obviously uh, jumps into your player pool. I think that's absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't. Call, I don't think he's a lock. Mm, he's very close though. I think he's very close to a lock. I really do. But he is 6,900. He's a little bit priced up. I didn't end up with him in my dummy lineup here. Um, I have to think about a little bit more if I think he's kind of a stone cold lock if Clay Thompson's out. Obviously, we don't have that news yet, but once we do get it, I'll have to decide if if I think he's a lock or not. And gut says not quite. Gut says not quite. Um, I do think that he's very close though. Um, but some of the other guys I'm looking at here, you know, assuming that uh, Clay Thompson does sit. And he came through for me tonight as well in a uh, GPP, but uh, Trace Jackson Davis, who put up a pretty good stat line tonight. They don't, I don't have a stat line for tonight um, just live yet on DraftKings, but he had, I think, I believe it was 15.25 uh, DK points in very limited minutes. He didn't play very much at all. Um, let me just pull the stat line real quick so I can get that for you guys. Um, but yeah, this kid, I mean, he does impress when he gets minutes. He does absolutely produce on the statistical side. Um, and I think they got a pretty nice player here. Uh, pretty nice role player. Um, sorry, I'm trying to look this up as I'm talking to you guys. But I think they got a nice uh, role player in the hand here. The Warriors do so. Uh, so I like this kid. Uh, you know, I think he's going to get probably 15 to 20 minutes without 
um, Clay Thompson in there. Um, definitely a, more of a GPP play than a uh, cash play, I would say for sure. Um, let me see. Tonight he did get 12 minutes. Shot two of three from the field, one of five from the free throw line. Four rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, five points. But and four personal fouls, which actually <laughs> is pretty pretty funny. Um, but you know the thing is they played the the Cavaliers too, and Trace Jackson uh, brings some size that they really really don't have. They're really desperate for that. But when you look at Detroit, it's the same thing. I mean they've got they're playing right now Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran next to each other, and so that size coupled with the fact that Kevon Looney, I'm sorry not Kevon Looney, um, Clay Thompson is probably going to be out. I think Trace Jackson ja- Trace Jackson Davis is someone you should absolutely look at. Absolutely. Um, maybe some Dario Saric also at 4,400. He's always intriguing to me. Um, he also contributes across the board. But that price tag, I think you're probably going to get similar levels of production out of him and Trace Jackson Davis in this one. And I really think, I think I stand by that. I think they're both going to end up somewhere in like the mid-20s for their DK point output. Uh, assuming TJD gets 20 minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes. I'll say he's 18 to 20. If he gets 18 to 20, he should put up a similar uh, DK final stat line as Dario Sarge. So I think I'd rather go to Trace. Um, on the Detroit side, I don't really have a lot that for you guys. I mean, they're they're relatively healthy here. I'm sure we'll get more news as uh, you know the day wears on. Um, but they're just trucking along. I don't see anybody that stands out in terms of pricing either. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Gonna skip it. Um, not that I think it's gonna be a bad game. I think it's gonna be a pretty close game. Um, I just don't I don't have a good feel for what Milwaukee's got going on now with their defense kinda in shambles. And Damian Lillard's still adjusting. Um just a fade for me right now on a 12 game slate. If it was a four game slate, I have to look at it. But it's a 12-game slate. I don't have to. Don't feel comfortable doing it. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, I think they're all pretty fairly priced. Mm-hmm. Don't think anyone's really jumping out to me uh, in terms of their pricing. You know, Cam Johnson and Nick Clax have been out for a while now. So that's all caught up. So I'm not really super excited there either. So we're going to skip that one. Uh, Lakers-Miami. So I just think it's going to be an ugly game. <laughs> I think you can just skip this. Based on the fact, let me just take a look. What's the uh, 222.5 is the game total they've got on DraftKings. And let me just make sure. Oh, it's not the lowest one on the slate, actually. That's interesting. It's actually the second lowest uh, behind the Sacramento Kings and the Houston Rockets. But it is the second lowest on a 12-game slate. So that shows you they are in line with my thinking in that this is going to be um, a slugfest. This is going to be a slow pace, slowly paced game. So, not going to go ahead and go to Lakers and Miami. So, we've already gone ahead and crossed that one, two, three games already from our player pool. Lakers, Miami, uh, Bucks, Nets, and the Wizards, Sixers. So, we're, we're cruising along here. We've got about half more of the slate here to cover. Just to let you guys know, we do have our NBA Fantasy Pass rolling out there. Daily content every single day. Uh, multiple weekly pieces of content as well. And it's just $6 a month for that. And you should absolutely grab that or grab as part of one of the bundles with that DFS pass I mentioned earlier. And uh, we do layup lines every day, which are previews for the games. We give you a streamer for fantasy for every single game. We also give you, after the games are over, the lines of the night or the pickups of the night. 
who's a standard league pickup, who's a deep league pickup. It is invaluable. And then at the end of the week, we have a recap of the entire week for all you weekly lineup people. We have everything that you guys could possibly need. We have all the tools on our website that you get access to, the projections, the head-to-head tool, all this stuff for just six bucks a month. It is ridiculously priced, and you will lock in that pricing uh, in perpetuity as long as you do it now and act fast because that price will go up. Guarantee you. Okay. Let's talk about these closing games here. Uh, Clippers and New York Knicks. Um, some of the stars on this slate kind of, uh, wow, my voice just went up like to like, uh, I don't know, whole octave. Some of the stars on this slate, <laughs> there we go, that's better, uh, did stick out to me in pricing. Um, Kawhi Leonard at 8,600. Uh, I know James Harden's there. James Harden's is there. Wow, my brain is just not working today. James Harden is going to be there and playing in his first game for the Clippers, but... He's going to be on a minutes restriction, most likely. He's not yet in game shape. Not expecting a whole lot from James Harden. Um, and Paul George at 9,100 to some degree as well. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, 8,600, 9,100. I think those guys have to be in consideration if you end up with enough cash left over at the end to snag one of them. I'm not against that. I like that, actually. Knicks, I am uh, just not excited about. R.J. Barrett, I think he's questionable. Uh, yeah, he's questionable for this one. So if he does sit, you could roll some Josh Hart at 5,300. But this is a tough... I mean, Josh Hart's main thing he does is rebounds from the uh, guard position. And this is a tough rebounding team in the, in the Clippers uh, up and down the you know the roster as long as they're healthy. And so I'm not super into Josh Hart. I think he can probably skip... The Knicks, I would just look at the Stars and the Clippers if you're going to look at anybody. Utah-Chicago, i got to talk about this. It's my Bulls. Utah is at Chicago. Um, let me. I'm curious what the spread is here. I'm just curious. The, minus 3.5 in favor of my Bullies. And yeah, I do think that I agree with that. I think the Bulls uh, have the weapons to take down this Jazz squad. 223.5 is the game total there. Bulls have lost a lot of close games this season already. Several, I should say, because it's still pretty early. But gosh, it's where it feels like a dozen because it's just wearing down on me. But, um, but the you know the bulls are the bulls will be okay. I know people are in panic mode on both sides of the spectrum. Bulls fans or bulls haters, they just want to press that button and say, "Oh, bulls are done." Um, I mean, I'm you know I'm not being a homer here. Um, I'm really not a homer. I think that the team's not good, but in general, um. Well, I should say the team is not the competitive level that the front office is trying to sell its fan base, but the team is decent, has decent talent, and they are trying to win basketball games. So that's kind of the key factors there that will uh, keep them at least in this game, and I hope winning this game. Um, but it is an interesting one, and I do think that you know for the Bulls, uh, you can look at their stars again here. They're all kind of climbing a little bit in price. Um, they've been in the low 7,000s. Now they're getting up to the mid-7,000s. But DeMar DeRozan is still just 7,200. So he's the guy I'm going to have circled as um, a guy I'm very, very interested in against the Utah Jazz, who tend to give up a lot of points anyways. Let me see. NBA teams' points given up this season. Let's see who the leaders are in that. And I bet they're pretty close. Yeah, there are 26th in the league. So they're giving up 118.7 uh, real-life points to their opponents. The only teams worse than them are the Wizards, the Pacers, the Spurs, and the Hornets. 
So there you go. The Utah Jazz ain't stopping nobody. Demar hasn't had that giant game yet. I mean, he's had a he had a good game earlier. I think it was the second game of the season, yeah, where he had um, thirty three points and fifty two DK points. But he hasn't had explosion like that in quite a while now. So I think a lot of people will be off of him. So you got the ownership aspect there, but also I just feel like with the Bulls needing a victory, this is where Demar Derozan steps up. I really do feel like that's that's what's going to happen here. Uh, and I, I can't can't tell you anybody else on this <laughs> Bulls team that you can roster. I, I don't think any of them are, are good enough. So we're going to move on, but I do think DeMar DeRozan should certainly be in your player pool. On the Utah Jazz side, uh, uh-oh, I'm going to mention him. This is the guy that sticks out to me, Walker Kessler at 5,900. Uh, oh, my! how the mighty have fallen, right? Um, crazy. Crazy the start to the season that this guy has had. Been really struggling. Um... But you know, it, you gotta you gotta view this as a buy low in in, in season long fantasy. You've got to because there will be better days ahead, and the Jazz are probably gonna lose some basketball games here. I think what are they two and three, three and three? No, they've played more than that. Let me see Utah Jazz. Uh, one second here, everybody. I will tell you momentarily in a moment. Two and five. Ooh. That is, uh, that's rough. That's rough. Uh, two and five on the season, the Jazz are. And uh, the Grizzlies are one and six. I'm just looking at that, which still floors me. Um, but yeah, they're they're two and five on the season. I mean, I just don't think that there's a lot of incentive here for them to keep playing Kelly Olenek a whole bunch of minutes. I mean, for now, sure. They're still technically in the running, I guess. Still very early in the season. Can't can't rule anybody out of anything yet, statistically or, or otherwise. But uh, I just don't think the Jazz. I mean, you know, they don't have that. They don't have a star. They don't have any really reason to to try to push the envelope on this. They're going to have to turn to, to developing Walker Kessler some more at some point. Um, so it's a buy low. I mean, it's it's just it's just got to happen. But here I do think he has a chance to have a good game. I think, you know, against the uh, a guy, a skilled big, big like Nikola Vucevic, a scoring big, he could go out there for his defense and, and help to shut down uh, Vucevic. So I like him here in DFS on this slate. I like him in season long as a buy low. And that's really the only guy that stuck out to me on the Utah side. So just a couple guys from that game I wanted to highlight. I'm not going to go absolutely ham there. I'm definitely not going to stack it. Um, Atlanta OKC, yeah, let's talk about it <laughs> because OKC uh, once again will be without Shea Gilgis Alexander. Trey Young is starting to turn a corner a little bit, 9,300. He does interest me here in this game for sure. Uh, I've got Tyrese Halliburton at 9,400. So I want Tyrese Halliburton more against the Spurs than I do want, uh, than I want Trey Young against the OKC Thunder. And that may burn me. But that's okay. That's just what my lean is there. On the OKC, OKC side, though, is where most of my um, interest lies. And that's because there is obviously no Shea Gildas Alexander. So, Josh Kidney's 8,200. I don't know. I can't, don't love that um, for a guy that struggles with his shot 
some, uh, pretty often, fairly often. Um, so I'm not into Giddy. I do like Jalen Williams, of course. Jalen Williams at 6,700 just had kind of a, a dud a little bit in a game where everybody and their mother rostered them. Rostered him, I should say. And uh, his price really didn't didn't go that much higher. But, he, I mean, you're looking at these stat lines. He still ended up with 18 points, 8 assists in that last game. And then 18 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds in the game before that. He just, he's just going to produce. So 6,700 is pretty fair. He's definitely somebody I'm considering. He's not somebody that's currently in my lineup. But he is somebody that's, again, in, in my player pool. Uh, the guy I really want, though, on the... Thunder, even at 7700 with his price climbing a little bit from the last one, is Chet Holmgren. Back-to-back 40-plus DK point games. We usually see these guys priced in the 8000s, so you're getting a little bit of a discount still. And I just, I, I love it. I love this guy. Um, I love his game. I think he's going to be uh, really helpful. I don't know if he's going to get the defensive stats in this one, but I do think on the offensive side, we saw what he could do with 24 points in that last one. They barely lost to the Warriors. 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 2 from beyond the arc, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. I mean, you just can't shoot better than that. It was just such a super uber-efficient game, and I'm surprised he didn't get more shots, to be honest with you. But he had 14 in the game before that, 14 shot attempts. And I would love to see him get shot attempts in that range again. Um... But I think Atlanta, it's a good matchup. It's one of those teams that gives up a lot of points as well. And I just don't know, you know, with them going smaller to try to space out the floor, I don't know if they have the personnel to take care of a Chet Holmgren. I mean, they what are they going to do, stick Capella on him? That's I don't see that ending well because Chet can just go score from the perimeter. Same kind of thing with a Kongwu. Um, I mean, you could throw Jalen Johnson on him, I guess. You can throw, uh, Sadiq, I mean, Sadiq Bey, is he going to guard him? I mean, you know, I, I just don't know who's going to handle that length. But, you know, that's kind of the same. I feel that way every time about a guy that's, like, lanky, like a Kevin Durant or, or whatever. So so maybe that's just me. But I do like Chet Holmgren here. He's the, the preferred guy here. He's the guy that I locked in my lineup first before I locked anybody else. So just to give you an idea how much I like that play. Uh, Boston, Minnesota, I don't want to really talk about this game. I don't think uh, we need to talk about it too long. I'm not, not super interested in it. There's a couple guys that do stick out to me, though. Anthony Edwards, 8900 Just the pricing is just um, too low. Too low for what he does. Uh, and, and the ceiling that he has. He's just an incredible player, so I, I can't believe that ceiling, that um, pricing there. And then Derek White at 5900 and this is a nice game here against the Timberwolves, um, where he could end up guarding, uh, I'm trying to think who, who's even, um, he, I mean, he'd probably end up guarding some, some like Conley, um, trying to, he could end up guarding some, some Anthony Edwards, uh, for sure. Um, some Shake Milton when he comes in. So, you know, I think he's got some nice, uh, some nice defensive assignments here from some high usage guys. So, you know, maybe a guy on Fanduel you look at a little bit more because um, steals and blocks are worth a little bit more on that website. But I do think that's on the table here. He was playing just bonkers before he had his kid born, and uh, his kid was born, and he had to miss the last game. So, 
I do like some Derek White here as well. But that game in general, I'm not super excited about it. I don't think you need to roster anyone there. This is probably the last one I'm really interested in here. It's the Sacramento Kings at the Houston Rockets. And, um, I mean, I just love all the Kings here. I love this. I love Sabonis at 10-1, if you can get him in the lineup. If I'm playing Halliburton, I'm probably not getting getting there. But one guy that's really sticking out to me on the Houston side is, uh, or I'm sorry, on the Sacramento side, is uh, Malik Monk, 5,700. Well, two guys, I should say. There's two guys that really stick out to me on, on the Sacramento side. There's Malik Monk at 5,700, and there's Kevin Huerter at 5,200. I know these are the same guys I just mentioned. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, okay, great. These guys are going to continue to have big roles. Um, I mean, just look at Malik Monk's lines. He's been killing it the last three games. Absolutely destroying it. The blocks have been there all season, which is crazy. The assists have been there all season, which is crazy to me. Um, if you're in season long, go scoop him up. I don't know why he's sitting on so many wires still. But uh, but yeah, he's he's a guy that I would definitely... Uh, I mean, 5700s a pretty pedestrian price tag there for the guy that's been regularly scoring around 30 DK points. You know? Um, and I don't think we've seen the ceiling game either where he's getting just crazy shot attempts and hitting them and nailing them. And that could happen against Houston. Kevin Horder, same, same story. Um, just the shot attempts are, are, should theoretically be there. Last game he struggled with foul trouble early and then they just went a different direction. They ended up giving Monk and, um, uh, who else played? Uh, there was somebody else that played in there. Duarte, I think it was maybe, or, uh, Vizinkoff. End up playing some minutes uh, as well. He played 11 minutes. So they just went up going a different direction. Uh, Horder just wasn't having a good day. Uh, rough shooting day and all that. So, but I still love love his opportunity here. He had 11 shot attempts in the game before that. 12 shot attempts in the game before that. Scoring near 30 DK points. So uh, I do like Horder again. Going to have him in my player pool. Can't get around it. On the Houston side, they're playing a Sacramento Kings team that gives up a lot of points as well. And, well, I shouldn't say that. What's really stuck out to me, because I played the over in this game in the last one, um, and what stuck out to me was that the total, the game total was so low, and of course the Kings struggled to score, so that didn't help things. But I do think that without Darren Fox, uh, the pace has does slow down for the Kings. Um, you know, Davion Mitchell isn't necessarily the get out and run and find the open man point guard. Uh, he's a very good defender, but uh, that's kind of where his elite status stops. He's not elite on the break. He's not elite in the half court. So you know, I guess I do understand why it's somewhat low. But even so, the game totals are just obscenely low for Kings games, which is, is kind of crazy to me. Um, I think I might put the over again here. I think I might. Uh, but anyways, let's hop back to DFS. Um, yeah, I think you can play Shingun at 8,000. I don't mind that at all. Um, obviously, you guys know my feelings there. I'm not the biggest fan of his. But the guy that really sticks out to me is uh, Jabari Smith Jr., at 5,800. I am always waiting for Jabari Smith Jr. to just absolutely take off. And the last three games, 
we've seen that a little bit. 36 DK points, 33 DK points, 39.75 DK points. But what's standing out is that he's doing it across the board. He's got rebounds. He's got assists in several of these games. He's got blocks, finally, rolling in here. So as long as those defensive stats are there and the rebounds are there, I'm hoping he can get a double-double for us uh, against this Kings team. And maybe a block or two on Sabonis. That would be nice. And so we're talking again about, you know, maybe about a 40 DK point game from a guy that's 5,800. Very low price tag for him there. Um, And that's really, I mean, on the Houston side, that's really it. Not super into anyone else there. No one's really standing out to me. So, And the Pelicans and, and the Nuggets, obviously, just... I, I got to see what the, the, the game total is there, too, because it's got to be... Yeah, 223, it's it's what 0.5 more than the other game. I was like, eh, this is... Oh, no, 221.5 was the Lakers' uh, heat. This one's 223, though, 1.5 points more. Still very low and not really worth um, exploring on 12 games late, I think. But... Um, well, actually, now that I'm looking at so, so yeah, now that I'm looking at it, actually, we do have to talk about this game. Uh, a couple guys out here, which I'm just now realizing this probably happened while I was um, talking or something. But anyways, uh, well, I know the CJ thing happened earlier. But anyways, the uh, Pelicans will be without CJ McCollum uh, with a collapsed right lung, which is actually something that he's been... Uh, suff- he suffered with before. And he had to miss about a month uh, with that issue. So hopefully that's not what happens here again, but it very well could. I know people are on uh, Jordan Hawkins and Dyson Daniels to replace him. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can't argue with that. It's obviously the right call. Um, Dyson Daniels probably has the higher upside. With Jordan Hawkins being um, eh, safer. I'll, I'll call him safer. Uh, he had kind of a dud when everyone rostered him a couple of games ago. But he's been pretty reliably in the mid-20s for his DK point output. His price is 4600 uh, Daniels is 4400 I probably would rather play Hawkins, honestly. Because I just I don't believe Dyson Daniels is a great NBA player. And this is a tough matchup against the Denver Nuggets, honestly. And I might not end up with either of them. Not super into them. So there you go. Uh, obviously, Baron Ingram gets a little bit of a bump there, as well as Van Chunis and Zion Williamson. But I don't know if it's significant enough that you just have to go out and rush those guys. Not like one guy is going to take over all that workload. Um, Denver Nuggets on the other side, there's Jamal Murray is out. So that means Reggie Jackson at 5,500. Should certainly be in your in your player pool. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, I'm actually looking at my <laughs> lineup now. I'm just trying to decide, who am I going to slide out to slide him in? And I don't really have a good solution for that just yet. But I'm going to figure that out. And uh, all the way up until tip, I will help you guys figure that out as part of the DFS pass. Go get it at sportsethos.com. Again, I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at ethoskeith. And uh, wherever you're listening, please do like and subscribe. And uh, also go give at Ethos DFS a follow as well. Until next time, everybody, hey, go get that money.